Okay, so um, I just woke up from this vision. Um, I have been feeling as if these spirits have been tormenting me ever since I had gotten there, and they still are. But um, whatever happened was, uh, I think that they tried to put different really heavy things on me, you know, the first night, the first moment I got here. And um, I've been fighting them the entire time. And I believe that someone even may have helped me, helping or trying to help. But um, they've been trying to keep me from being awakened at 5.30 every morning. The Lord wakes me up at 5.30 every morning. And for some weird reason, the past two days, I've been feeling really bad, really sick. Like sickness, they put sickness on my body and in my body, I think spiritually. And um, I've just been feeling so sick that I've been doing everything I can to rehydrate. Because maybe I was dehydrated, I was thinking. And I've been doing everything that I can to also um, try and pray and then get back in a better place. And I'm not where I should be, but... I trust the Lord regardless. I know that it's a test and it may possibly even have to get worse than it is now. But uh, I have to trust God. <laughs> I have to trust God. So, um, some weird things are happening. We're happening. I felt someone was, I felt this heaviness on me, these dark spirits hovering over me, fighting me. All throughout the nights and um, days, I was fighting them and I've been fighting them, but not like how I can and how I'm used to, you know. I've been trying to avoid fighting alongside different individuals. Um, and so maybe, you know, instead of for me to suffer instead, and you know, I'm not new to that, so I'm still suffering, but I'm feel like the the Lord is bringing it to perspective that all of the suffering that I've had to go with and deal with in the process of this he is um he is he's not forgotten about me he's not forgotten about that and um it's not going unnoticed it's not going unnoticed or um it's not being overlooked in any way Excuse me, but uh, it was weird. Yesterday I woke up at eight, like eight something, and um, I hadn't done that in months. And like I slept right past the five thirty mark. Sometimes I wake up at five thirty. I'll get up, I'll have tea or something, and then I'll and then I'll go back to sleep until eight to ten to twelve. That's not weird to me. You know, I have to get past this part where they're, you know, plaguing my life right now spiritually with delay, hindrance, and slumber, the spirit of slumber and laziness and all these other things. But, um, I feel something pressing onto me. I feel something fighting me. I feel something making me feel really sick and really uncomfortable and really. Oh, well, 
I felt the spirit of death just hovering over me around me. And um I just kept fighting and believing in God and do what I can to get back to the Lord. I'm supposed to be and um they're just doing everything they can to convince me away from that direction and keep me out of it for as long as possible. I guess that is the plan. But um I know everything's gonna work out. The Lord's got my back. He did not bring me this far to leave me. And um he will not allow these different individuals to prevail, having kept me from my destiny. They won't keep me from my destiny. As I said, I slept past 530. It was so weird. Today, the Lord woke me up right before 6 o'clock in the morning. Right back on schedule. Something broke off of me. I felt it. And this thing, it was nasty. It was bad. And I said to myself, you know... Even if I wanted to believe these were random attacks and they had nothing to do with, you know, what's been going on. It doesn't even make sense for them to come so heavy handed and so, um, so harsh, so uh, brutal, that, you know, almost doing the worst things that they could possibly do the first chance they get instead of, um, you know really caring about consequences or caring about um you know who it is and why they will be having to do something so brutal and so heavy and different things like that like they're just going harder just going in and that just doesn't make sense unless you know you know this entire situation or you may be aware of what i'm dealing with here you know things on a whole different level that are um not just some amateur I won't even call them amateurs. I don't know if it's a such thing, but it's just like not just some everyday, you know, witchcraft. It's like this is like demonic possession. It's just like possessing people's bodies and, you know, being able to control millions of people, feeding off of them, torturing them, you know, getting famous controlling the masses upwards to millions you know type demons you know this is big this is like this is heavy this is like sacrifice souls to the devil to get famous type demons you know it's heavy it's bigger than just small things like going to your local um psychic to cast some sort of love spell or get some sort of revenge it's bigger than that so big it's so much bigger than that it's not local it's like it's like worldwide it's like international in a way it's so big but nothing and no one is bigger than god nothing and no one is bigger than god period period that's just what it is he's almighty power he's alpha and omega and He's my beginning, he's my end, he's my everything. He was just reminding me last night as they tried to, you know, uh, so sick, just uh, demonic perversion, all kinds of things like that. They tried to distract me, I turned on gospel music, and I fought, and I'm still fighting, you know. 
have my best to repent for what I've been participating in the doors I've been leaving open for a second because of my habitual sin that I run back to. And the Lord, he just, he's always right there. And I always, you know, right on time, when I'm feeling sick, it's like he's feeling sick right with me. When I'm feeling down, it's like he's feeling down right with me. But he's motivating me. He's giving me all the strength that he has for me to get by. And I see him right there, and I'm just like, right on time, Jesus, same time. Like, you're going to cuddle with me tonight. We're going to pray, and we're going to fight. We're going to listen to the gospel. We're going to try far to focus on the Bible, no matter how many distractions are around us. You're right here with me, just sitting here, just, you know, reminding me that I am not alone. I will never be alone. They want me alone. They want to isolate me. They don't want anybody in this world to ever love me. They want me to be hated for the rest of my life until I die. And they want somebody to stump or spit or, or defile my grave. They want me to be hated. Even in the afterlife, they want me to only have hate. They don't want me to ever experience real love in my life. And these are the the... the the things that they've said, they've called on me. When they put witchcraft on me, they've said things like, I want nobody to ever love her, ever her life. You know, it's crazy what people do. And they said different things like, over my dead body. Will anybody ever love her? You know, different things like that. Will she ever succeed or get her destiny in life? Will she ever be anything? You know, and... um. I get it. We make mistakes. I'm not trying to judge them. It's just, um, you got to be careful what you say and what you wish for. You have to be careful what you do. And when you try and get in the way of other people's things, and you say stuff like, over my dead body. Because the Lord has been reminding me of that recently, and I haven't heard about it for months. I heard the person. I heard the person say that they own mouth multiple times, and it's very reflective of their character on multiple different occasions. But um, I still said, you know, that doesn't really confirm that this individual had done that. But months ago, it was confirmed. Months ago was confirmed, and um, what they said was, um, I heard the mouse on my window. They said, over my dead body, over my dead body. And so, um, this this uh print this pastor, I knew I'd heard this. I knew I'd heard this individual say it. But I just said, you know, Satan is a liar. Satan is a liar. The Lord has already shown me that you have possessed my family members' bodies and that that is not the real them and I have to fight for the real them. So I would not believe that any of them have truly wished that on my life and truly want that for my future. And so um, I just would ignore it and I would fight it. But the preacher said it. She said, you, you who has declared over my dead body, you have three days to repent of everything. And, um... And I realized, like, the Lord is counting that in a way. You know, I want to say that he's counting it. I don't want to go that far to say that it doesn't matter to God. Because in a way, in my heart, I was asking for a sign. Like, God, if that really matters, 
even after everything that you show me that this person is still saying that way, saying that and behaving in that way. Show me a sign, show me something so that I can come against that in prayer, you know, and um, that's when he just, she just said it again. The, the, the preacher said, I said, okay, I can't ignore you anymore. I know that you're saying I need to come against that in prayer. I need to take that into consideration and I need to not ignore things like that when people say and do stuff like that. But I've just been ignoring it because I've been saying that, you know, growing up, her character was just, you know, sound like she wasn't taking things like that really seriously when she said stuff like that. You know, she said over my dead body and stuff like that. I think it'd be joking, you know, in a way, or just not taking things super seriously with these things. Like, these things are really being taken so seriously. But in reality, you know, looking at it from the perspective I'm looking at it from, I'm trying to think deeper. I'm trying to think past just winning. I'm trying to think, you know, all of us winning. I'm trying to think future, like what about our futures, you know, after everything. And I just feel like, you know, it feels like I'm being held to a certain standard. But like almost everything, almost every other word I've ever spoken as well. So I understand it's not the time to judge someone else based off the things that you yourself have done as well. And, and almost in a way forget you know, you're all wrong, but also at the same time, I'm not about to keep allowing different individuals to somehow try to hold me to some sort of standard in order to get away with the things they've done, you know. The thing about it is, like, it's, it's just a form of abuse. It's a form of abuse for someone to keep saying, you've done this and you've done that, and so why should I be wrong? And, you know, it's it's just, it's abusive. It's like, yes, okay, we've all done things, but don't always reflect it on me, don't always flip the script on me. Every single time you get caught out for something that you're doing, you're flipping the script, you're always saying, you done this and you done that and you should understand. And it's like, the thing is, I never said I didn't understand, but that doesn't mean flip the script. And every time you're flipping the script, you're not taking accountability for what you're doing. You're not changing it. You don't feel any sense of remorse for anything that you're doing, none of your actions. You're in a way even proud of them. And every time you get out of it by putting it off on someone else, that's not healthy. What about your future? You're not always going to have someone to be your scapegoat. What are you going to do, you know? What are you going to do later when you have to take accountability for your own actions? There's nobody to put it off on. You're going to continue to do that. You're going to fail. You know, it's possible that you could fail. I want to say you're going to fail. I don't want to call that on you inside. It's a possibility. It's a possibility of failure, you know? If you don't take things seriously, if you don't start to look at yourself and say, hmm, I'm always flipping the script. I'm always putting it off on someone else. I've never taken it into consideration my own my own actions. So I did what I could to, you know, bring that into attention and also, you know, practice what I preach. I did what I could, but um, I, the Lord is just bringing that up again. I hope that a lot of that stuff wasn't just... You know, blase, blase, it's a lot of stuff that don't matter. But, um, I, um, I was just brought into perspective again lately. Like, uh, I saw this vision, excuse me, this video by the one house. This woman came against her niece in witchcraft. She said, over my dead body, will you ever? have a complete family, will you ever prosper in your marriage with your husband, you will be barren. On her wedding day, she brought something and she wiped it across her womb without her knowing. She took her ability to have children for nine years. 
They prayed over her womb. They prayed over her life. The moment that they started praying, everything that she put witchcraft on caught fire. And she took her last breath of saying over my dead body. She dropped dead. And I've seen the Lord almost strike somebody down in the past week. Concerning me, and there's different individuals being pulled into this, and I just feel like they are not safe. Nobody's really safe. You know, with different things being shown, like graveyards, people proud of graveyards, bones, skulls, heads, all these different, you know, deaths they are responsible for, they're proud of it, and, you know, all the death surrounding me, this spirit of death surrounding me, and, like, I'm just, I know I'm supposed to be embracing every single day of my life, because you never know your last day. You don't know the last hour. You need to be prepared if Jesus come back, and now I'm just thinking about that so heavily, like, the whole time I've been talking about that and I've been wishing that for myself, I already knew that that one day could play a part in coming to, you know, coming to um, question. But, you know, just thinking about, like, if, if Jesus came back right now, even after all that he's shown me, all that he's doing in my life, am I prepared? Am I truly prepared? Am I truly ready to go? You know, where will I land? Will I still go to hell even after everything? You know, will I go to heaven? I don't know, you know, because I fight, I'm fighting so hard and it seems like nobody may truly understand what I'm battling. And, you know, if I could take my last breath today, would I be so-called prepared? Am I a wise virgin or am I a fool virgin? You know, which one is it? Has my oil run out? And I'm oftentimes asking for more time. And I just watched this movie called The Rapture. These different individuals, they were in a studio. This Christian girl, she grew up as a preacher's daughter. She just found out about her dad's gangster, you know, street pass in the studio from this woman whose mother grew up around him. And um, he repented, he turned to a preacher. She she never knew anything about it, but she was a Christian girl, but she started living with her boyfriend who pulled her into the studio to make songs for him because he owed debts. And um, she made all these secular songs, but one gospel song again, you know, this guy, he actually was connected. The guy in the studio was bullying her boyfriend into making her come do more music. She ended up on the radio. You know, but because she was living in fornication and sin, and then she also, not only that, when he used the voice that and the talents that the Lord had given her to glorify his name, to go, you know, sing on songs about uh, drugs and sex and money and stuff like that, different things like that. Um, she was left behind in a rapture. She wouldn't have even been left behind. You know, she let her boyfriend track her into those things. The Lord had shown me something concerning that. You know, going to hell for these guys, you know, letting these guys drag you to hell. You're not taking accountability for everything that they're dragging you into. They'll never claim you. They'll act like you're not their girlfriend. They'll act like you're not this and you're not that to them, but you do everything for them. They have girls all around you. You don't want want fighting for them. You know, you can want trying to help them without them, their life, without you, their life fall apart. So just let their life fall apart and walk right out of it. Leave. Because if they drag you down to hell, like, that's it, you know? And 
will still have the audacity not to claim you after all you've done for them. They're just not worth it. Way too many times that happened, this woman came to me and said, tell my story, you know? So I, I just do my best to remember these different things, take these different things into account. Not that I feel like there is a guy that I'm doing that for, but I do feel like the Lord showed me that for a reason. So um, whoremongers, you know, I've, I've seen a vision about whoremongers, these guys that are whoremongers that, like players, and all they're thinking about is getting women and playing women. You know, you will live in the same day over and over and over again for the rest of your life. That's hell for real. You wake up in the same day. You never get to wear, I mean, you get to wear different outfits, I think. I think their outfits change a little bit, but, you know, same day, every day for the rest of your life. That may sound light, but but these these boys, they were whoremongers. They were actually gorgeous, but they threw their lives away be harmongers. They literally put witchcraft, they, they accepted witchcraft or some sort of deal with Satan in order to be able to play women and be players and now they're stuck in the same day for the rest of their lives. They died premature deaths. They died young, like right out of high school, before they can even get out of high school. Now they're stuck in the same day for the rest of their lives. And a lot of this stuff might sound like, you know, it's made up. They're like gateways. They're like gateway um, gatekeepers or something for like, you know, us. Uh, a prostitution ring in the spirit. You know, that's what they sold their souls to do. Satan played them so bad. They want to be free. A lot of people might be thinking, oh, that's what I want. That's what I want. I want to sell my soul to be the one that get all the girls to, you know, get prostituted out and all this other stuff. Like, I could be a player for the rest of, you know, eternity in hell, living the same day over for the rest of my life. That's nothing. I'll take that. Trust me. <laughs> you don't want what they have. You don't want that. You don't want that to happen. It's not even funny and sad. These are young boys. They didn't even get to start or, or live a real full life. You know, and um, now they stuck in the same day for the rest of eternity. Like, it's not a joke. It's not a game. It's not funny. It's not cute. It's not what you think it is at all. They're suffering. They're suffering. And I, I spoke to some girls. I went to high school with them. And the spirit and these girls were like, I don't care. I'm glad it happened to them. Because they he took my virginity. Then he went all around the school talking about it. But he acted like he didn't know me afterwards. He broke my heart. I, it's, it's like I never healed from that. I never really. They suffered for all the unforgiveness of all the girls that they play. They torture more for it. Every girl that won't forgive you. Every person that you've hurt. You're going to suffer for that. And I'm like, you have to heal from that. You have to forgive them. You know, trying to somehow just scratch up the surface of, you know, getting to some sort of resolution so that they may possibly be free from their torment. This is not a game. Everybody thinks this stuff is lightweight. This stuff is light work and that it doesn't really truly matter. It matters. This stuff matters. But, um... I had this vision. Um, I was in this place, and it was it was a guy I dated. You know, I thought I don't know what's going on, but he somehow re-entered this situation. He'd never really been gone. There's still a little piece of him left, even when the Lord freed me from that soul tie. He's still there, kind of, and 
he's just there and different things are happening, but it doesn't feel like he has much power over me anymore. And um, this guy, he just, um, it's like he's trying to exert his power over me. Like I said, it's not like he has much power over me anymore. He wants me to fall back in love with him. And, like, all I can really think about concerning him is how, you know, the Lord told me one day I would never remember even his name. After everything, I would never even remember his name. And so I'm doing everything that I can not to, um, not to, you know, test the Lord concerning that, you know. I don't know, but he was there. Things started happening. I don't know what happened. It's like we opened a door. I saw this front yard of the dog coming in. First, I wasn't going to run, but it was like just, I don't know, kind of spirits in my ears. And um, I don't know. I ended up on this table, but I, I really didn't run for it. It was just different things going on. I think a lot of people are taking what they can get right now, but I'm okay with that right now because I can't give them more than I have to give right now. I, don't, I wouldn't know what to do. And so um, I saw my friend from middle school. He showed up. He was so buff, like all over his arms, his legs. Everything was buff ball. When he showed up, it was like the Holy Spirit showed up with him, like, it was like a Holy Spirit came in and just broke things off of me and broke things off the situation and freed certain things. He pulls. He came and he grabbed somebody. He he carried them out to uh, safety and to, you know, so that they could be cared for properly. And I realized the buffness in the spirit. I almost forgot. When you see somebody and they show up real buff or real strong in the spirit, that means their prayer life. They build in their rapport with the Lord. They strengthen God. You know, um, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He's always been kind of, like, strong, but, like, you know, he gets stronger. When um, when he is focusing his mind, his heart, and the Lord's presence, when he's focusing on God. I realize he has a prayer life. He helped my brother. He came and he showed up. And he offered some assistance, you know. They keep trying to make me feel like, you know, they're over here looking for you. They're over here trying to get you. They're over here trying to help you. But, um, you're not. They can't find you. They can't find you. And I just keep remembering, like, there's no way possible that they can't find me. I'm not hard to find, and... And it's like, it's it's not always, I don't want to say it's not always possible, but, you know, I'm not really hard to find, but it doesn't matter because I'm not necessarily looking to be saved by them. I need God to come in and help me. You know, I'm usually the one doing this saving instead. You know, the Lord sends me to go and help them pull them out of things. I feel like I've been letting them down. I haven't been coming for them, but I guess sometimes they do come for me. I don't know, maybe. But, um. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just, um, I 
I'm feeling like certain things were broken broken off of me. I mean, yes, there's are different things still going on. All these other stuff, all these things are going on around me. These things are still trying to, you know, fight me and battle me. Different things like that. I feel like this thing is in my neck. Like, it's right on my left side, right next to my heart. It's in my neck, and it's, like, right there. And I could just, like, yank it out. And it's, like, getting to this point where it's straining me. It needs to just die off of me. It's been here for a minute. It's been here almost three months now. And it's like, it's almost like it's just camping out here. It's digging deeper into my body, into my, into my you know, spirit. But um, I trust God concerning this. I trust God that whatever this is, whatever snake this is that put this in me, you know, I don't know what the Lord wants them to do, but I hope that they just take it off. I hope that they just remove it, just let it go, because... You know, the the amount of suffering that these different individuals intend to inflict on me is absolutely ridiculous, you know. It's just ridiculous, you know. And, and if you can't sense Satan in that, then, you know, you have to pray for spiritual eyesight, spiritual sight to see. Because, like, you know, discernment, there you have to use discernment, but... As I've said, these different spirits are attacking me. They're trying to get advantages over me. I don't know what they're taking. I don't know what they're touching. I don't know what they're getting to. But I know that the Lord will reveal to me in due time all that they have truly affected in the process of this. And I have to do what I can to be spiritually prepared, mentally, emotionally prepared for whenever I have to hear that, you know? I sense, you know, a lot of pump faking. Like, it's the pump fake. They're pump faking me, trying to get me to, you know, jump in this direction, jump in that direction, or make it look or seem as if they are, you know, putting on the appearance of being more, you know, intimidating or more anything. And I'm not trying to just say that because it sounds bad, you know, trying to say that now. And it's like, what are you doing about it? But it's like, you know... This is all that Satan really does. He tries to make you feel like you're not tough. You can't do that. You're not capable. You're scared. And he tries to provoke you to doing something. I started noticing it. Like, it's in everything. We as humans, it's almost as if that's how we operate. It's like all Satan has to come to you to do is say, it's like, um, um, they talked about your mama. You can't do it. Oh, I knew you were scared. Different stuff like that. And all of a sudden, we're jumping to do something. He has control over us, you know, in that way. And, you know, it's more the pump faking. And I have to fight. I have to be strong. Not to let that demon gain more control over me, you know, by trying to pump fake me in a certain direction. Like, I try to make me feel like this person's punking you. This person's doing this. This person's doing that. You know, and that's not where real strength comes from. Real strength comes from... You know, being immovable in God and seeing seeing past, you know, your own selfishness, your own pride, your own vanity, your own arrogance in order to help somebody. In order for you to, you know, minimize or risking any, you know, harming anybody, you know, anybody around you, even your enemies. You don't try and intentionally inflict harm on them and you don't selfishly only think of yourself when, you know, taking into consideration who may be harmed in the process. And I'm doing what I can to be reminded of that. So, um, the pump faking, he's been doing it my whole life. 
and he's still doing it now. I'm just learning that the Lord's preparing me to be strong enough. And I just received another word, you know. It's, it's as if the Lord was talking to me directly. He said to me, um, you are being prepared to be adaptable. And um, you are being prepared to be, you know, flexible and, and you know, immovable. And, and be able to thrive in any environment. These are things I prayed for since I was a child to be able to do that. And um, the Lord is reminding me that you are getting that too. They tried to, in a way, for so long, keep that even out of your mind, thinking that if she doesn't think about this, if she doesn't, you know, know that this is something that she can have, then maybe we could take it from her. Or maybe we could keep her from having it. Or maybe we can... um you know, somehow like messed it up in some kind of way where it doesn't fully develop for her or is hindered or blocking, you know, just keep her from anything concerning it. The Lord is reintroducing it. Like, look at this. Remember, they've been offering you bits and pieces, portions of your, you know, your calling and your, your spiritual gifts and, and the power that I've given you and the gifts that I have offered you. They've, they've offered you pieces and portions of this. Meanwhile, in the background, they are splitting it up and splitting it off like slices of piece. You know, I'll get this percentage. You'll get that percentage. You can get this. You can get that. And then we'll offer her this. And she'll take this. And we'll get everything else. And she doesn't even know all that she was supposed to have. And, um, you know, the Lord is reintroducing. That's why he's saying, wait. That's why he's saying, wait. Be patient. Just trust me. Because now he's reintroducing that, the flexibility, different things like that. It's not that I ever forgotten about those things. It's just that he's reminding me, yes, you're getting that too. They're not taking that from you. Nobody's taking anything that you are meant to have that will not keep you from your destiny. Everything happens for a reason. And I think that that's why he was leading me to the song by Hezekiah Walker. Amazing. Because what he is doing is so amazing. When you feel like nothing is happening, when you feel like you're flat, when you feel like you're drained, when you feel like you're losing, when you feel like you're out of options, when you feel like you're left behind, when you feel like you are forgotten about, he's doing amazing things like that. He's getting all the things that you forgot about. You know, you're not forgotten about, you're forgetting things. So, you know, and even though you're not forgetting anything, Satan wants you to believe you've forgotten, you haven't forgotten. He's just hiding it from you in a way. Hiding you from you. You know, but um, the Lord knows all that he has for you. He hasn't forgotten about you in due time. In God's perfect timing, you will receive everything you're meant to have. Satan cannot keep you from your destiny in no way possible. When the Lord reminded me of that, I said, hmm, I feel that little sprinkle opening up. It's like a little sprinkle of it here and there. I see that there's different individuals harboring that. They are guarding it from me. I've tasted it before. I feel a little taste of a little, just, you know, just a little bit. And it felt like, you know, wow, you know, that was so much greater than I can never thought or imagine. I pray to be flexible and adaptable in any environment and be prepared to deal with any adversity in any environment. But that's so far greater than I ever thought or imagined it could be. And that's what the Lord means, you know. It was wonderful what I had seen. You know, wonderful what was going on. And um, I don't have to worry about anybody who was stealing from me 
or expected to keep it from me or even feeding off of it in any way because, you know, as I said, the Lord was never going to let them keep it. They were never going to get away with that. And, you know, it feels like the Lord's even introducing to me in so many other ways. If you know about it, it's a blessing because there's so many things that you may not know about or may not be aware that you, don't know, that you know about. Um, these things are, in a way, being used and kept from you. It's a blessing when you know, when the Lord is showing you what's going on, no matter how hard it is or how much it hurts, it's a blessing for you to know. Because there's so much stuff that you don't even know is going on. So many different things going on happening. But um, as I said, people have portioned off my destiny and they've just been, you know, feeding off of it and borrowing from it without me knowing and um, living off of it. But, um... That's okay because it's all going to be restored. The Lord my, the Lord reminds me every single time they talk about keeping my power. He reminds me that they are, you know, dreading the day that they have to give it back because they don't get to keep it. They're just borrowing it. So they're trying to make me upset about how much they're using it. All the time they're saying, I'm using it for this, I'm using it for that. And you don't even get to use your own things and I'm having this and I'm having that and you know, meanwhile, in the back of their mind, they're dreading the fact that they will never be able to keep it, though. You'll never be able to keep it. Maybe you are using my, you know, the spiritual gifts the Lord has given me. Maybe you are using it in your everyday life and you're feeding off of it. But you want nothing more than to be able to keep it forever for yourself. That's what attracted you to it in the first place, right? You wish you had it. You wish it was for you. You would never have You would never be able to keep it for yourself. What you are doing is you are borrowing without consent, and you will suffer for even that. And then, you know, the real suffering is that you don't get to keep it. You know, you don't even really want to, you know, in real life, you don't want to give somebody something that's so that's so great. They get attached to it. The longer that they have it, the worse it hurts when it's taken back. You're borrowing. Nobody told you to borrow. And the more you get attached to my things day by day by day, the more it's going to hurt when you have to give it back because you're not keeping it. And I'm not trying to provoke anybody or challenge them to try and keep it because, you know, in reality, that blood will be on my hands when they end up with more suffering for somehow trying to manipulate their circumstances in order for it to hurt more or in order for them to somehow try and, you know, manipulate God's will. You know, so that they can keep it to prove me wrong or something like that. I don't know. But, um, and yes, you are held accountable for that. Because the Lord, he doesn't call you to throw it in people's faces. He doesn't call you to tease them about it or anything like that. You know, he shows you these things because he just wants you to know that he has your back. He's going to get everything. You're going to get everything you've prayed for. He's going to answer every prayer. But not to provoke them into or tease them so um I'm doing what I can I'm doing what I can to grow and to change and I know that it's going to work out regardless of the different individuals around me that somehow have intended to um manipulate these circumstances so they can feed off of me in many different ways I've been drained I've been fighting for so many different things and all of it is a waste of time. Not all of it, but like it's a bit waste of time. I'm exhausted, but the Lord is going to take care of me. He has plans for me. So, um, 
you know, him re- and him reintroducing things, you know, I have different things I need to be concerned for, which seems a lot of these things feel so boring, put old, played out. But the Lord's introducing things, and um, it's beautiful. But, um, um, I feel like he may have been exposing that. It was a Brian who was using my adaptability to the ability to adapt and, you know, be immovable in any situation and circumstances. He was using that for himself. He was feeding off of it. He only had the tiniest little, tiniest little piece of it. And um, it doesn't feel like he got it the right way. And so it feels like it's not going to work out well for him if he continues on to stealing from God's children. So, um, I'm not really going to get too much into that. I'm not really too much concerned for that, but, um, I know that everything's going to work out, you know? Oftentimes, the only time Satan wants to reveal that these things are happening is when he wants to distract you from something further. So, maybe even buy a little bit more time with it or something. But I'm just going to trust God. You know, he says they won't be able to stop my destiny, so they won't, you know. This is why you have to be careful who you idolize. People aren't worth idolizing. You know, they steal and they feed off of poor people, you know. Knowing, having known what that struggle was like, they sacrifice our, their own in order to live a little bit longer or to eat a little bit better or to have a little bit more. They're willing to sacrifice you and your entire family. Be careful who you idolize. Only God is worthy to be praised because he is without mistake. He's perfect. He's the truth. And he can be trusted. And each and every single last person out here, they want you to worship them like God. They are not even worthy of that. Be careful. Be careful. Who you let your kids worship, be careful. Who you allow to be, you know, in your environments. Be careful, because these people, if only you knew. And I just caught myself asking, you know, I just caught myself thinking yesterday, or maybe the day before yesterday, I said, you know, people, they are such big fans of these people. They're, and, and this is not even super important, but I don't know. I'm just going to talk about it really quick. There are people who are such big fans of people like NBA Youngblood. People who are such big fans of people like LeBron James. People who are such big fans of people like, you know, um, Michael Jackson. Different people like that. But um, there's people like me in the background suffering on behalf of these different individuals. Whether it have been rape or it have been just torture, mentally, spiritually, abuse. You know, do you think that these individuals, when they are screaming their names, posting up pictures on their walls, and always surrounding their entire lives, idolizing and worshiping these different individuals, do you think they are considering the people like me that could be out there that are possibly have been hurt in such a deep level, in such a deep way that's being tortured constantly? The more that you empower these people, and the more that you enable these people by buying their sports gear and supporting them and idolizing them, do you think that they care? Me, personally, I think from my experience, I found, of course, the answer to that is that 98% of people just do not care, even if they know, even if they had known, even if you had revealed to them what was going on, because nobody cares about you when you're nobody. But um, 
that's not necessarily true. You know, we are deceived. But um, the Lord is showing me this for a reason. He's showing me this for a reason. Way too long, you know, I have, you know, been one of those different individuals, consumers, who have supported these many different individuals' lifestyles, despite the different things that come out in time and the news, like allegations and all kinds of different things like that. We ignore stuff like that because we just want to support these people, and you just don't know who you're supporting. You just don't know what they're up to, what they're into, or who has suffered at the hands of them, and the murder that they're getting away with because of, you know, your your idolization and worship of them. Be careful. Everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's worthy to be praised but God. And if you knew these people's lives, you knew what these people are really into, you would not be worshiping them that way. You have no idea what they're capable of. Think about what you are capable of and never see them as better than you. So, you know, it's it's amazing what... You know, I'm just going to work on it, and I'm going to work at it, and I'm going to allow the Lord to transform me because he is revealing to me that he has me. And nobody's going to take me. Nobody's going to take that from me. No one can snatch you out of the Father's hands. I'm covered. He will hide me in the shadow of his wings. I will continue to fight. I am protected no matter what happens.